You probably just britted the test results somehow. No, I double-checked them. Wait, are people using my name to mean make a small mistake? Yes. Good morning, morning Greendale. I'm, I'm Ben. Oh, nope. <laughs> we didn't talk about we it. We both went for it. I'll do it. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm in falsetto, but here are your morning announcements. Uh, I, I feel like I'm trying to go Mickey Mouse, but I don't know how to actually do on, it. On today's episode of Good Morning Greendale, the role of Mike will be played by Mickey Mouse. Uh, and here, here are your morning announcements. Special, Ugh. special guest Mickey Mouse on these morning announcements. It's season three, episode five, horror fiction in seven spooky steps. Ooh, we are coming to you at the spookiest of times. We are recording this on August third. It's too warm outside. It's uh, yeah, it, it's it's spookier than uh, October thirty first because I'm drenched in sweat perpetually this is why i always called the summer the scariest season it, it yeah it is the scariest season um i, I just really Mike, like uh halloween spoopiness not spookiness but spoopiness um when everything's a little like playful scary that kind of like playful not actually scary but just like oh there's a little cute ghost over there hello cute ghost okay so you're into the like werewolf bar mitzvah sort of thing yeah Okay. Excellent. Hey, sometimes a werewolf's got to become a man. Mm-hmm. Ma- man, Mare, uh, man. Boys becoming men, I, men becoming I said wolves. man as if I said, said a real thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, maybe it's time to outsource my bits. Mike, just so you know, you're, you are now creating 26 different timelines. Until, we, uh, until I don't shuffle cards anymore, you'll say that. Anyway, speaking of that shuffle, here it is, that good, good shuffle. Oh, baby. And I'm going to pull the top of the card off the deck and let's see where we go this time. I I wonder if we've done this one because this looks familiar, but we'll find out anyway. Okay. What set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? Have we done this one? Maybe it's, it's just a, a, a usual thing that people do on the internet. I feel... Maybe it was, there was a, I think it was a pre-show banter, uh, like, uh, Patreon bonus stuff where I just, I was reading, or no, I think we're all, we were all chatting, uh, as a group on Discord and I brought up a big list of like funny questions you can ask someone and you're like, this is basically pod decks. I think I paid money for something I could have gotten off of the internet for free. And here's confirmation. So, okay. Things that I could buy. Sorry, what was the question? What set of items could you buy that would make the cashier the most uncomfortable? Uh, chainsaw, porno mags, uh, Jimmy Buffett album. Okay, I do have a follow-up. Where are you buying these three things in in tandem? (laughs) The dollar store, because I, I shop smart. 
<laughs> I think I think my brain misfired because I definitely heard you say dollar store. Yeah, uh huh. That's what I said. I frankly do not want a dollar store chainsaw. I do not want a dollar store set of porno mags. But mostly, <laughs> mostly, I do. I don't even remember what the last one is. I just know I don't want that. Um, I do. I had a friend in high school who was very uh, into doing random trips over to the dollar store in town. Okay. And uh, looking at all the the sort of random things that one can find at a dollar store. Sure. And uh, she she bought for me a, a, a CD uh, from the dollar store uh, that was by a band called Holy Hand Grenade. Okay, not a terrible name for a band. It, well, it's not the it's not the worst name for a band, but it does sort of smack of like we can't think of anything clever, and we all watched Monty Python a whole lot when we were kids. And I'm like, yeah, we all watched Monty Python a whole lot. When sure, we were kids. that's true. I wonder um, if it's better than the Knights Who Say Me as a band name, or um, does it come back around? I don't know. That's a good. That's a good question. So I did just Google Holy Hand Grenade Band. Okay. There is um, Holy Hand Grenade, uh, HHGNYC.com. Okay. Um, it says, Holy Hand Grenade took on its name in a moment of spontaneity. The band, like its name, is spontaneous, fun, and mischievous. Convergence of Afrobeat, funk, and jazz. Um, okay, that does sound kind of cool. Is this even the same band? Um, because I don't see, I don't see their. I I think this is a different band. Yes, their um, first full length LP was made its debut debut on August 9th, twenty nineteen. So while that band okay, does yep. sound very cool, I'm not sure if it's the same band. Okay, I think it. I think it's not. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try one more thing because the album name was called Mohair Fuzz. I have found it. There is a Holy Hand Grenade that is a Philadelphia-based alternative rock band. And that came off of Fish of Death Records. Excellent. Um, so anyways, the album, was, Discogs. The, uh, the album was called Mohair Fuzz. Uh, the, uh, I'm trying to see if I can get an... Uh, no, sorry. The, the album was called Smoked. There was a... Because uh, uh, I found the, the artist... Or the I found the art for it. Um, there was a track called Mohair Fuzz, but I found it. The cover art is just random flipping uh, sausage man photos. Like it's it the the art was yeah uh huh. It's a big old um, sausage man. The music was not good. So if you're if you're from Holy Hand Grenade uh, and um. You're listening to this. Uh, I'm sorry, but your band was not good. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, a reason, Greg Phillips. There's a reason that uh, you're in the dollar store bin. Um, and so for years, literally, uh, she and I would just uh, re-gift this to each other okay, that's at random good. times. Um, and uh, so like the next year at Christmas, I gave it to her. And then uh, later she like, uh, le- like she left it in my car or something like it just it kept swapping back and forth between us and it was this random freaking cd by a band called holy hand grenade 
who would the the album cover as a guy holding a bunch of sausages. Uh, it was a whole thing. Um, well, cause it smoked like sausages. Mm-hmm. Uh, with apologies to the other Holy Hand Grenade band, uh, which again who is sounds different. rad. And I have, yeah, you sound a lot better than the one, the the dollar store one. Mike, what what uh, what would you buy that makes the uh, checkout clerk go like, what so the heck? Here's the problem. It mm-hmm. all comes down to one item. It doesn't really matter what the other items are. Okay, I was going to take a drink, uh, but I'm going to wait for you to deliver this perfectly timed punchline. Go ahead. It is the 50-gallon bucket of lube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does not matter mm-hmm. what comes out with that. I mean, it I mean it will, because it's, again, lube. Things are going to be moving. Um, uh-huh. But if you buy a ladder with that, I don't even want to know what you're about to do. Uh-huh. That, that's, you're, doing, you're doing some, like, YouTube viral video stuff with that. If we're lucky, it could be Pornhub viral. Hey, you know, uh, I'm not here to shame that. We're not here to shame that, but it will make the cashier pretty uncomfortable, especially if you like uh, another thing in my concept of it is that you have to stare at the cashier just a little bit too long while while trying to make while they try to make some small talk about the 50 gallon bucket of lube or barrel of lube. You have to make some small talk and be awkward about it. And then it's just doubly uncomfortable because now this weirdo is trying to make small talk about a bucket of lube. I don't okay. want to talk about this bucket of lube. So uh, my my new my new answer is chainsaw smoked by holy hand grenade on compact <laughs> disc and a 50 gallon. Yep. OK, I think uh, we've bucket got of it. lube. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think we did it. We found it. <laughs> Tune in next week to see what other nonsense we come up with because of Poddex. I hated this card, by the way. It's oh yes, that's why I've thrown it in the garbage. It's done. I've I worked I worked as a uh, in a grocery store and like there was like never really any time where I was just like oh yeah that's weird like you're just you're working there all day and you just you can't wait to to uh punch out so you can go play video games or do literally anything else that's not uh answering like because so here's the thing you know right you're you're working at a grocery store and uh you don't care about what anyone is 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 buying because instead your soul has drained from your body because of the number of times we're like uh did you find everything okay today and they're like well i didn't find that million dollar check and you're like, ha ha ha! Boy, Good job, sir. That You've done joke it. seems like it's gonna come You've around. You've done it lot. again. Uh, oh, can I help you find anything else? Oh, yeah, you can help me find a wife. Oh, okay, cool. Well, neat. Um, either, either like I'm looking for a woman, or just like, yeah, I don't know where my actual, real, specific wife is. Either way, I'm just like, can't help you, guy. So what I'm what I'm being told uh, is that if I'm gonna make a joke at the grocery store. To a response, I have to make it a good one. I guarantee you that anything that is even remotely, slightly low-hanging fruit, uh, they've heard it before dozens of okay, times. Okay, so it's all been done. I I, ooh, I worked. Ooh, it's all uh, been done. It's all been done. Uh, I worked with a woman named Tiffany, and literally every time the song "Breakfast at Tiffany's" came on the okay, uh, the music system. 
she was that they'd always and it was usually like freaking dudes who would do it but they're like they'd point up at the the speakers in the ceiling go like it's your song and then she was like yeah very uh good it's like i mean this is the whole reason that people with that have names their names within popular songs generally hate those songs like stacy my wife hates stacy's mom uh because it's awful Uh uh-huh I, I I mean this is getting way off tangent. Uh whatever. It's We're a doing tangent a podcast to a tangent. we usually do. But my my theory is, is that if you ever include a person's name in a song, you have doomed an entire subsection of people to mockery and or hell for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. Stacy will never outlive Stacy's mom. It's the true, song. Unfortunately. Um like that she will be she'll be like 90 and then like it'll come back into vogue like someone will do a cover of a cover mm-hmm. and then she'll be like on her deathbed being like i hate that goddamn song i hate it so much yeah like le- well i mean just like some kind of weird edm electronica like when we're 80 and it comes back on and she's just like I can't believe it's happening again. Uh-huh. Cuz all media is cyclical. You know, you're just you're dooming, you're dooming an entire section of people, so like you know. It's true. That's why I don't like Mike Sucks. The the song that definitely exists. Mike Sucks. <laughs> Mike blows. <laughs> Mike's a tool. Mhm. He knows. Anyway, uh, he does. He does. Um, sorry for singing. Let's do a podcast about community uh, horror fiction in Seven Spooky Steps. It starts in the study room. Britta is throwing a pre-party uh, under false pretenses. A pre false pretense pre-party, <laughs> which this scene does <laughs> what have. An amazing way to um, intro this the show. This scene does have the joke that made me think I might actually mm-hmm. should give community a try because I so I mean community didn't really have a great presence like if you if you were not into community you probably didn't know much about it I know I didn't um I was like why would I want to watch a show about a, a bunch of dweebs at a community college and it's also pretty much ungoogleable it's ungoogleable there's no seo for it whatsoever and so i was just like eh it's 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 probably not my thing i did watch the D episode and i was like yeah it was it was enjoy it was enjoyable but mm-hmm. you know i'm not i'm not really like gonna gonna seek this out and then i saw this video clip of this joke that has been three seasons in the making <laughs> because in season one when jeff is dating Sla- uh, slater slater yes yes when jeff is dating slater i'm chaperoning tomorrow's dance you should come maybe your study buds will go what's the blonde's name bitter butter beetlejuice britta yeah she says valentine uh, cause she's pretending she doesn't know Britta's name. Sure. And then in season two, 
Britta asks Jeff, This Gwynifer must be real special. Don't you usually wear the stripy turquoise Beetlejuice numbers? What does she mean usually? And then here, in season three, in this scene, Annie is looking at Britta's playlist for this this uh, false pretense pre-party, and she's like, There's nothing in your playlist but Spooky Party, the Beetlejuice soundtrack, and NPR podcast. And as she says, Beetlejuice, a person in a Beetlejuice costume walks by the window outside of the study room. It is the third time Beetlejuice has been said, and Beetlejuice appears. And I was like, oh, damn. Okay. This is my kind of stuff. This is my <laughs> this is my my people right here, because... They're going to keep is, an eye on this is, for years. Dedication to the joke. It is excellent follow-through. It is meta humor about media properties i'm in it like it is i'm willing nigh, it is nigh un unidentifiable as a joke unless you have a lot of homework mm -hmm. but also like if you yeah if if you have just been watching the show like how, how are you going to remember like if you've been watching it every single week are you going to remember that Beetlejuice has been said two times previously in the show because like the first time is just Slaughter, Slater, Slaughter, Slater, Slater. Slater. It's just Slater being <laughs> kind of a dick. Right. And the second time, like the, the stripy Beetlejuice undies, like I have some undies like that. I know yeah. exactly what she's talking about. It's very Beetlejuice-esque. Beetlejuice-esque. So, like, I don't... I wouldn't think anything of it. And then you have to catch Beetlejuice walking by just mm. in that, like, one moment. There's a lot of work to do to get this one joke. <laughs> it is... It, it is it is so good. And so it, it's not the thing that got me to watch it, because obviously that was Nate showing me uh, Remedial Chaos Theory, followed by this episode, followed by... Uh, last the, the last season's Halloween episode, and then I was like, "This okay, this show is pretty Just, fun." Again, I know that I talked uh -huh. about this last week, but what a wild, <laughs> what a wild trilogy of of episodes to put together. But fine. Hey, you know what? It got me, it got me in. I, I guess. <laughs> and you know, in in fairness, after the Beetlejuice thing, I probably would have given it a try, but uh, I could. It was only on Hulu at the time. I mean, like it was, it was coming out on NBC, but I'm not going to jump into it, you know, three. Yeah, you got to catch up. It. Especially when I know they're setting up jokes in season one. Like, <laughs> exactly. you're not just gonna, you're not gonna hop in in season three and be like, yes, I understand everything. But they were, they, they had episodes on Hulu, but I didn't have Hulu uh, at the time, so I was mm -hmm. like, well, it's fine. I don't, I don't need to see it. And then watching it with nate i was like okay i do actually kind of need to see it and then i managed to actually watch it but anyways this joke rules is what i'm trying to say i've now spent 20 minutes of my life talking about the beetlejuice joke which blink and you'll miss it uh, totally uh-huh absolutely let's see we kind of just jumped from party to beetlejuice joke so um everybody's there uh uh, Britta says it's an informal, intimate pre-party and says that you didn't have to dress up, but Troy and Abed are dressed as Inspector Spacetime and Constable Reggie, which they were dressed like that when she called. 
Uh, Jeff comes in as one of the Fast and Furious guys, saying he's got three other places to give polite appearances, and then indicates he doesn't watch that shallow crap and just picks a, a costume girls will like, which is a funny joke to me. I mean, if you've got a if you've got a Halloween agenda, which is to make out with random hotties, you go with the 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 costumes that the random hotties will like. Sure, but I just find it very funny that the Fast and the Furious movies, which have become about family, are shallow, and just picking a costume girls will like is not. Well, I mean, this was... How many Fast and Furious movies were out at this point? Because, oh, God. <laughs> because that that family meme, which, like, I Again, will, not, I will I just... I have not watched any of the Fast and the Furious, but not because they're shallow. I will just say this. I, I'm usually fine with memes getting played out they they rise into existence inevitably get overplayed and then sort of fizzle out um you know their 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 popularity like a blooming flower only there in the spring until they fade away um wait and I'm i fine. looked away I'm and i'm that. like what <laughs> i'm being poetic about memes while you google things uh <laughs> That's the nature of this podcast. Um, <laughs> this is what this podcast has become. I'm fine. Um, I'm I'm fine with memes getting a little overplayed. That that uh, Vin Diesel F uh, Fast Nine family meme that was going it was it was old the second time. Like okay, I'm I'm, I I'm not <laughs> I'm not one to be like oh I hate this it's still it's still a thing like. The the episode two meme that uh, Star Wars episode two that that's still getting play, um, like I'm fine with that. Uh, it's a good one. But the 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 family the Vin Diesel family meme, I was like, nah, nope, I'm done. I'm done. Just not for you. This I will is, say this is the okay. meme I choose to be cranky about, and I I was continue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let the record show that Ben was cranky. Um, so this uh, horror fiction in seven spooky steps came out uh, the October after Fast Five came out. Okay. Reminder: we are we we just had F nine come out, and then there's going to be a ten tenth film, which I'm hoping is called Fast Ten Your Seatbelts. <laughs> this is not a joke I made up. I I can't I can't. I can't promise you that I made this up, uh, but, I, but I have enjoyed oh, it's, it. It's good. It's good, though. I hadn't heard that one before. Um, I do also like how I'm like, wait, uh, when what what was the latest Fast and Furious movie that came out? I only saw the first one, so I don't actually have context to be like, oh, it wasn't about family yet. I, all I know is one of them is Tokyo Drift, and um, it's not the one that I saw, so... So he, here is the uh, F- Fast Five, the short synopsis from the Fast and Furious article on Wikipedia. Okay. okay. Dominic Toretto, Brian O'Connor, and Mia Toretto, played by Georgiana Brewster, plan a heist to steal $100 million from corrupt businessman Hernan Reyes, Joaquim de Almeida, while being pursued for arrest by U.S. Diplomatic Security Service, DSS, agent Luke Hobbs, Dwayne The Rock Johnston Johnson. I was a Johnson and I felt bad about that. So I had to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's in this um, one. 
This film is set after the events of Fast and Furious and before Tokyo Drift. Despite not appearing in the film, a picture of Michelle Rodriguez as Letty Ortiz is seen in the mid-credit scene, while where Ava Mendez reprises her role as Monica Fuentes from Too Fast, Too Furious. I understood seven words in that. Um, I do see that there are two Toretto's going on, so it does feel like there's family. I, I, I understood seven words in any of that that you read, and four of those words were Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So, um, <laughs> you know what? You know, some people really love the Fast uh, uh, franchise, and that's why they've made nine of the damn movies. <laughs> I, I, unironically, uh, other than certain memes about family, uh, I unironically love everyone loving the Fast, uh, uh, Fast and Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, because like they don't really hold any interest to me but every time a new one comes out twitter is just like i'm so happy right now and i'm like awesome i'm into that <laughs> good um i just so, I, th- it's like a fast cinematic universe cuz they have spin-offs like hobbs and shaw and there's going to be a sequel to that and apparently quote unquote unentitled uh women led film which is good uh, my f- favorite one of the franchise so Britta brings up, uh, she she pulls Jeff aside and she brings up the psych tests that she had them fill out at the end of what was supposed to be the last episode, uh, but was actually two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. And she says, one of our friends is deeply disturbed. And at that point, the lights flicker because, uh, and the Dean shows up. Hello, Dean. And he says- With a reminder to come by the Scaretacular dance. He says that the lights have been rigged to flicker because it's Halloween. Uh, Jeff suggests it's been happening all week. It's Halloween week. <laughs> so on November 1st. All, all Saints Day. <laughs> and, and then he ends that with All Saints Day month. Uh, is, very, is very good. Um, anyways, Continuing to so play yes. off the fact that Greendale has no money. One of the tests has 70 out of 75 red flags for extreme personality dis- disorder extreme One like of a our friends might have homicidal tendencies a cool ranch lunatic so <laughs> there is a lot of discussion about doritos <laughs> which made me hungry not as hungry though as the dean who got taco meat from the army again yeah, so that's a fun callback to last year. You'd think um, the Dean learn. I, Although no. I guess he doesn't remember it. Because nobody remembers it. Well, nobody remembered it because uh, they all had the brain virus. Uh, but the Dean didn't. So, But I did mean, he get... Oh, you're right. Maybe he did remember. I mean, the, there was a whole secret agency who showed up. So maybe they wiped his memory somehow. That was what I what I was thinking, but... You know, I don't know if it's ever stated uh, in the in the text. This is when we get the introduction of uh, the use of the word Brita as because uh, Jeff is like, uh, you probably just Brita the test results somehow. She's like, are people using my name to mean make a small mistake? He's like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Which I, I will I will say when I was setting up the podcast feed for this um for this show and you can still verify it by looking at the feed name of this podcast um i i set it up and i was like i can't find it on like any of the podcast apps 
so the the title is actually changed now, but the the feed you can't change that feed. Uh, the feed URL stays the same. So it definitely was good morning, Grednale. <laughs> Something like that. I can't actually see the feed. Um, I, I yeah, see it. It's good morning, green ale. Green green ale. Yeah, so I, I like my favorite I, beverage on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So I flubbed it, and then uh, a friend of mine was like, "Oh, uh, hey, by the way, Ben, um, the title's screwed up." And I was like, "Oh no, Britted it." So I felt like that was just me uh, calling my inner Britta because I made a small mistake. Mm-hmm. I really Britted it. You, you know what? I think everybody's fine with it now that we have our wonderful listeners who have been listening mm-hmm. to these. Uh, for some reason. And I've been waiting to tell that an- anecdote until the introduction of uh, this moment. <laughs> You've waited so long. You've waited, I waited so I waited long. as long as the reveal of the Beetlejuice joke. So in a way, sure I'm did. basically like the show community. Yeah, you're basically like Dan Harmon. Here is the conceit of the episode because Britta decides it's time to sell, tell scary stories. And it's all just a... Uh, a plot a ploy for her to figure out who is this psychopath well so her her plan is actually to tell a really scary story and then see people's reactions well she doesn't execute that plan very well (laughs) right her plan is not actually to have everyone take turns telling stories she's gonna tell a story of just absolute horror and terror and see who is just like like either unfazed or maybe even into it but we start with her story, which, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I love this episode because of how many good little one-liners it has, yes. because everyone, as they tell their story, uh, so all, all the stories are, of course, acted out by the various community characters. It's a very common trope in a lot of TV shows. Sure. Like, you need a flashback? Okay, just throw throw the same characters in, and they'll act out the... Or you need made-up stories? Just throw the characters... Like, very common thing. It's played by the, the, the characters, but the person telling the story's own sort of uh, uh, linguistic quirks and sensibilities all come into the story which is a thing that doesn't happen in most of these like most most of the the time this trope happens it's like a perfect reenactment of whatever um you know the the story in the past except like modern language or whatever but it's like it's not like you don't get that feeling of like oh this is britta telling the story like you do here where like things like uh, you know, in this story, uh, Jeff and Britta are making out in the car. The radio announcer comes on and he's like, In the news tonight, top story, an escaped convict from the asylum has escaped and he's mental and he's on the loose and stuff. Oh my God, that sounds dangerous. Oh, I'm sure it's no biggie, but I am a horny man. I'm only half present. He was last seen in the woods and has a thingy for a hand, a hook thing where his hand should be. You know what I mean? It's that's I was gonna call it the same exact thing because it's it is such it it is the one thing that like just drives into the middle of this episode and been like this is what we're doing, uh huh. And I love the fact that uh the the voice on the radio is like the the performance of it is totally great. It sounds exactly like 
a person like a disc jockey uh, or news announcer or whatever on the radio. Right. But it's saying Britta's words exactly. And so the the juxtaposition of like a very professional radio personality, but then being like, he has a thingy for a hand, a hook thing where his hand should be. You know what I mean? Like, right. I love it. And so if this episode is just filled with all those little bits that I reference. I reference a lot of these random things all the time because this episode is just great for those little one-liners because it's moments like those that just kind of stick in your head. Like right. uh, someone Agreed. just taking a hook hand thingy into your skull or whatever. <laughs> it's true. Uh, once the uh, the radio goes off and Britta and Jeff are... Or I'm sorry, Story Britta and Story Jeff are stopped from their Story makeout. Uh, story Jeff gets out to look around and says, "Like once I do this, I'm entitled to sex." And then immediately is killed by the hook hand guy. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm getting stabbed by his hook hand thing. And Britta's and, like, "Ah, oh, I was right." <laughs> and then she, uh, in in reality, she's like, "Well, like Abed, how did that make you feel?" And he's like, "Well." I'm embarrassed. Uh, One of my favorite things about it is that she's like, oh, and she, and he dies and whatever. What do you guys feel about it? What about you, Abed? It's Uh like, (laughs) it's like, well, you can't, you can't end a, a, and he dies or whatever. Like what story is this? (laughs) Uh, I'm not, I'm not a good storyteller and I'm better than that. uh, So yeah, Abed's embarrassed uh, and, and, Britta thinks she's onto something, but he's just like, no. I mean, I didn't care about the characters. They did things that that uh, people don't do, and you know, if if you're going to be really scary, you need a smarter lead. And mm-hmm. then this leads into the the whole whole uh, uh, idea of the episode, where everyone just tries to tell a scary story because the previous person did it badly, and everybody tells a bad scary story. <laughs> Annie's is all right. Um, Annie's I is mean, not bad. It's weird. It's hers is the best one, but it's That's it's true. also very weird. But yeah, Abed says that you know from a creative standpoint, some characters deserve, deserve to die. Um, and then his story starts at a log cabin because it's not the not the 1950s, so they don't have to quote park a car and neck at Inspiration Point. <laughs> yeah, Abed's characters. So it's Abed and Britta as the characters in this one. Their delivery of every line is just 100% logical and efficient. Um, it's like literally Abed is putting the words in Britta's mouth. And it's mm-hmm. so weird to see Britta being like straightforward. Uh-huh. She like she's like uh, he's like here we are a log cabin I rented so we can be intimate and safety because it's not the 50s. So we don't have to park a car and neck at inspiration point. That makes sense. I'm turned on by how logical you are. I'm comforted by your shiny hair and facial symmetry. It's just so wild to imagine this like watching it is one thing but like literally thinking about it and being like this is this is wild uh story abed brought a radio and a fully charged cell phone and he turns on the radio uh before saying i hope you're as fertile as i am tonight uh or no i think britta says that britta says Uh, it and then abed says more and so they turn on the radio, and this is the introduction to another ongoing community gag, which is the song Daybreak. It gets uh, played a lot. Um, it does. Uh, I-, I like uh, the fact da- that... Daybreak. Daybreak. Here we go. Boop, 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 boop. 
this Daybreak by Michael Haggins. Very good. And so it's just Abed like humming this. Like, so there's a lot going on. <laughs> a, a, lo- a lot, a lot going on. Story Abed and Story Britta are listening to the radio unmovingly. It's like staring They're, at it. <laughs> they they both just kind of stare and like sit there totally still. It's a little unnerving. Yeah. But it's very good. And meanwhile, Daybreak is playing. And then in real life, Abed is just humming <laughs> the song. Just humming it. Just enjoying it. And everybody's like, get on with it. And he's like, well, if I turned it on at, and it started at the same time, that's too much of a coincidence. Um, oh, I, lo- I love Daybreak. It's very like, good. It becomes such a weird running community bit. It, it's um, one of those I mean, weird running community bits. It's just like, why did we latch on to this? Uh huh. Like spoilers, uh, tiny spoilers, I guess for for uh, people who have not seen future episodes yet. But like, yeah, it becomes a thing, and just get like, used to daybreak. <laughs> get get used to daybreak. I just love that when the only person that's actually grooving to Abed humming it is Troy. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> it's so wonderful. Abed skips ahead in the story, and then story Abed's like. We should call 911 on my fully charged cell phone and stand back to back holding knives. And then they do. And then they they don't die uh, in the story. They die eventually. Once it had been earned. And Annie is just fed up with this and it's time for her scary story. Um, it's a period piece as, <laughs> as story Annie thanks story Jeff for pulling her from her carriage after her horses were scared. Uh, some people have warned of monsters uh, in these parts. And then Jeff, as as she's saying this, Jeff looks at her seductive neck and he goes to bite it and fangs come out. And he's like, no, I can't be gone, innocent one. I'm a monster and I must feed. And then he pulls Story Britta out <laughs> of a cupboard already bitten all almost all over her body and then just like bites her neck to feed more. And she's just like. I'm fine with this. <laughs> That's the best part of how everyone is like a little bit floral. And she's like, eh, it seems fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he just basically drops her. And, and Story Brit is just out of the picture. Because um, Vampire Jeff asks Story Annie to teach him to read. <laughs> I, I love, <laughs> I love this turn better. of events. Because like... So yeah, her, I mean, hers is, as a scary story, hers is the best, uh, unquestionably. It has Um, multiple different twists to it that are very intriguing to me. However, if I'm listening to like scary stories and then the person telling me the story is like, uh, the vampire, instead of biting the young maiden's neck, asks her to teach him how to read. (laughs) I'm going to be like, well, this what what the sh- what the hell <laughs> this is, this is going scary. somewhere uh anyway she teaches him how to read this is going um, less places than abed's story where they stood back to back with knives at least that had an escaped uh mental uh uh patient who's dangerous and and knives and knives this doesn't have anything but a vampire that wants to learn how to read uh, literacy is important. Um, it is true. So, you know, I can appreciate that at least. And so there's a little montage of 
of Story Annie teaching Story Vampire Jeff how to read. God, so amazing. Um, and I love, he, he goes, I love he goes the from, montages we get to talk about. They're so good. Uh-huh. He goes from from being like, dog hates cat to like... Oh, reason, not the need. Our basest beggars are in the poorest things superfluous. So it's so good. Um, <laughs> but then at the end of all of that, Vampire Jeff is like, some monsters cannot change. I love that Story Annie behooves him to pick up a good book and read <laughs> instead of uh-huh. feeding his desires. It's like, when has that ever worked? Right. Um, if I ever like get mugged or something, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, man, like, why, why, why you gotta mug me? Just go pick up a good book." And or then, wh- uh, wh- why do you want to go, go, uh, you know, have the the pleasures of the flesh? You could read a mm-hmm. book. Hmm. Um. I mean, you know, sex is great, but have you ever have you ever read a book? Hmm. 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 But. This is when the, another twist happens and Story Annie becomes a werewolf that feeds on selfish vampires. And uh, I do kind of want to know what the budget was for this CG effect of Annie turning into a werewolf because it's not bad. It's not terrible, no. I, f- I feel like they blew some serious cash on this uh, on this one this scene one, of, of Annie turning shot. into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts back to real life Annie who is describing in detail... Uh, the viscera and aerosolized blood uh, that the werewolf has done, and something about uh, leaving the the vampire's eyeball intact so that he could witness her, the werewolf eat it. Watch her swallow his last eyeball. She kept it attached to the optic nerve so he could see down her throat to his own partially digested flesh in. Her stomach. And it's partially digested flesh, yeah. It's it's pretty gross. Um, everyone seems pretty concerned with her grotesque description. See? There was a twist. I mean, I... Well, okay, I would be very taken back. I would be taken aback if the same woman who was like, and then the young maiden teaches the vampire to read. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, and also uh, he, she, she saved his eyeball for last, and because he was a vampire and, and eternal, uh, he had to witness his own uh, bits of flesh in her stomach. I would be like, okay, you took two turns there, and neither of them were in the same direction. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like I can appreciate a scary story and whatever, but it it takes a serious like gory turn. So I get it. I get everyone's concern. It's true. Uh, Troy's like, let's not give her a medal for everything. Maybe we should listen to my scary story. <laughs> and this isn't really scary uh, as much as uh, it is Twilight Zoney. I get, I guess. Uh huh. Um, because sto- uh, Troy and Abed in this story are fighter pilots. Um, and they and Abed is like hurt in some way because Troy carries him into a cabin into the woods. And and now story uh, Pierce in the story is an old doctor and agrees to welcome them in and gives them first first aids and what have you. Uh huh. Yeah. the The story is that they're F fifteen fighter pilots and their plane crashed. Um, 
and uh, Pierce is just like, oh, I thought I heard something awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. I I love so I love the delivery of yeah I I love the, I love the the delivery of all the characters in each other's stories because it it just it provides for such good lines uh and I thought I heard something awesome is very good they get they get drinks from the stranger um so medical thank you they're like and, bright green in like champagne mm-hmm. flutes uh-huh. And they're just sitting out. Like nobody poured those. They were just waiting there on a table. And then they immediately pass out once they drink them. Uh the the strange mad scientist has sewn Troy and Abed together and in the process also somehow given them ESP. So they're able to communicate <laughs> telepathically and use telekinesis to uh hit the the scientist with a pan and then a knife floats up with a little bait and switch joke where it cuts a sandwich in half and then they each get half of a sandwich. The joke is so good. I love it very much. I mean, I'm such a fan of bait and switch jokes. They're so good. Especially this one where it's like, we're going to stab him. Actually, there's a sandwich we're going to cut and eat. It's like, (laughs) why would there's a sandwich here? You wake up from being sewn to your best friend. You're going to be hungry. I mean, mean, I'm sure. you You were in a fighter jet. Exactly. It it went it went down in the woods. Um speaking of all this talk going down, uh no, just kidding. Um All right, Eartha Kit. The the F15 goes down in the woods. Uh you, you know, one of you gets seriously injured. Uh you have to drag the injured guy to the cabin. Um you, you get knocked out, you get stoned to your best friend. After all of that, you're telling me you don't want a good sure. sandwich? Absolutely. I know that that a lot of surgeries, they tell you not to eat beforehand, and then you get out of there and you just want to eat so bad. Mm-hmm. And the sandwich is right there, but you know, you want to split it with it your with best your friend. Mind powers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes that makes perfect sense. Uh they do hit him hit him with the pan again, though. Uh-huh. Well, cause they're like, you tried to destroy us, but you made us more awesome. And then this is one of my all-time quoted tiny incidental community lines that's not like a well-known community line Mm -hmm. but i say i'm legit jealous all the time because (laughs) of this scene because they say you tried to destroy us and you made us more awesome and then pierce is like no i'm legit jealous and so i say i'm legit jealous all the time now because of this one scene phrase but it's not one of those ones that like if you just say someone's like oh yeah community great show you know, you're not you're not like it feels like a normal thing to say. It feels it feels like a normal, if somewhat out of touch thing to say. Well, if there's one thing about us, Ben, it's that we're out of touch. Uh, we're talking about on, community on, a show that hold, came out hold on. 10 years ago. Hold on a second. I'm out of touch. You're telling me you're telling me I'm 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 not streets ahead here. I mean, the fact that you use Streets Ahead, a, a joke from a community, at least a 10-year-old uh, show, I think it says a lot. Okay. I mean, I could make I could make Simpsons reference from like, uh, Simpsons references from like season six. It's even older. It Just is saying. even it's older. It's classic now. That's vintage, baby. That is okay, vintage. I see. You're, you're out of touch. So it came back around. It came, it came back around. I'm, I'm with it, ironically. So now you're just a hipster. (laughs) 
damn it. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, so this is story. Story Pierce, uh, old, old mad scientist Pierce, uh, comes to because he has become the subject for Troy and Abed, who has sewn his butt to his chest. And then when Story Pierce sees this as a positive, because now he's got boobs he can touch all day, he realizes they say with what. And his feet has been swapped for his hands. So he's like, feet hands. This is definitely a Troy story. It's definitely a Troy story. And there's two there's two things about this story. Um, one is that this is the only story. Well, okay. Shirley's does it too, but she catches herself. This is the only story where uh, Troy act- actually calls Abed by name because... When they they wake up and they're like, uh, we we have ESP. He he specifically says, Abed, now that we're sewn together, do we have ESP? Yes. So it is it is, this is explicitly a story about Troy and Abed, whereas all the other stories were just we're using characters right. as like imagination tools. This is very specifically a story about Troy and Abed, but which does come does, into play because he. Because that, Pierce assumes he's the doctor. Right. That does that does make Pierce assume that he's the doctor. He's like, keep me out of your stupid stories. He's like, I didn't say it was you. I just said he was a crazy old racist doctor. Pierce is like, well, I'm your crazy old racist friend. At least I thought I was. Th- yeah. <laughs> he did say that. Um, Speaking and this of is- crazy old and racist, <laughs> it's time for Pierce's story. Yeah. Uh s- Annie, Shirley, and Britta are all in lingerie waiting for Pierce, who is enjoying a glass of expensive post an, a glass of expensive postcoital brandy by the fire. Mm-hmm. Except it's not Pierce, it's Magnum. Yes. I I'm going with some shorthand on this one. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's it's explicitly in the story, it is Magnum. Pierce playing the part of Magnum. In today's episode, Magnum will be played by Pierce Hawthorne, played by Chevy Chase. Uh-huh. So now, uh, Troy and Abed in the story are s- dressed up as stereotypical gangsters, uh-huh. and they attempt to rob him, but Story Pierce is too powerful and crafty, um, and as he, as, P- I'm sorry, as Magnum punches Magnum, out thank Troy, you, yes. mm-hmm. he, Troy yells out, you are still relevant. And then, you know what, Ben? I'm going to ask you to to talk about this one. Uh, so okay, it's it's a weird penis thing, and so you're like, all right, this is Ben's territory. So no, okay. I just don't igna- exactly know how to describe it. I mean, I'm just going to describe it for exactly what happened. Magnum unzips his pants. Gangster Troy is shocked at the massive hog that just got unleashed. It does make a thud. It makes it makes a audible thud and then a loud thud and then the massive hog by which i mean penis by which i mean the penis owned by magnum pierce hawthorne hits troy and knocks him out and then he zips his pants back up which as a fighting move i don't think is particularly uh useful if i'm playing street fighter and then like i have a move where it takes literally like 
80 frames of animation for him to like unzip his pants and and pull out that massive hog i don't care how funny it is that uh i'm now fighting with a massive hog not a not a great move because in that in that 80 frames i mean fighting games bam 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 so quick i'm gonna get the crap kicked out of me i'm always gonna lose playing as magnum now if i may offer one thought okay if you get hit by that 80 frame dick punch, uh-huh. you'd have to leave the competitive scene forever. <laughs> it's true. It is literally the most, like, y- you've been shown up and you can never recover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It- it's kind of like being beat by Luigi's taunt where he kicks kind of that causes 1% damage in, in uh, Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, Evo moment 37 was like a huge, huge deal. But like Evo moment Magnum's hog is just it's a whole it's a whole different thing. You, you've got to leave Evo in shame for all time. That was for like the four people who listen to this who yeah, also it's, have it's any not many people, any knowledge of competitive fighting. Uh Anyway, Google Evo Moment 37 is is pretty exciting. It's a pretty pretty memorable memorable uh fighting uh uh competitive fighting moment. I'm sorry, people have compared Kotaku compared it to sports moments such as Babe Ruth's called shot in the Miracle on Ice? Dude, dude, dude. So if you're googling it, literally watch Moment 37 right now. Okay, I'll do that now. Okay. <laughs> wow with that little oh wow uh-huh okay that's pretty damn impressive uh-huh yeah also just, just the sliver sorry i was and, screaming because i was here i was talking over evo um the sliver of of bar uh-huh. in there and all all of those all of those parries are basically frame perfect by the damn. way like if if he if he screws up a single one of those parries he's dead so good such a wow. such a class like i don't know that's, that's pretty jack amazing. about the competitive uh tournament fighter scene i know evo moment 37 so yeah, that's that 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 kicks ass but evo I don't moment know if we're keeping this in the podcast but it was fun to watch evo moment uh magnum's hog is gonna be even more outlandish uh it'll live it'll live in infamy it'll live in infamy forever Evo moment 69. So anyways. So now um, that everybody's upset about Pierce's story, um, and Annie's quite worried that the stories are getting personal, uh, Shirley's concerned about how needlessly violent they are. Uh-huh. And so we we go to Shirley's story, which I love for so many reasons. It's very good. Uh, because it starts <laughs> off with a party where apparently uh, Jeff's drugs are again story Jeff uh his, his drugs are wearing off but they have a ton of weed in like a plastic canister that you'd have mm-hmm. like you know I don't know flour or something and Britta is in the story just pours it all over herself and then Jeff says that's my kind of pot bong <laughs> uh which is uh it is so good because like i mean even even when i was uh, even when i was a, a freaking square and i i was like uh, drugs drugs are for losers and whatever 
winners don't use drugs. I, I saw mm. those warning screens. We from, all saw the warning screens the FBI in the arcade before, after before, we lost in Street Fighter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, to uh, Magnum's dong. So, um, And he would always put it in the, the, uh, the high score screen as MGM, and you know what that was. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was Magnum and his dong. He was using the dong for for the 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 joystick, and it was just it was unfair. <laughs> so uh, my uh, fingers weren't that dexterous. I don't understand how it worked. I mean, you know, you you lose you lose to that, and you know, you just gotta go home in shame. And then you look at that FBI screen that's like winners don't use drugs. And you're like, oh no wonder I lost. I've been using drugs. I'm a loser. Oh no. <laughs> Um, I this is a this was a turnaround for eight year old Mike that I did not realize was taking drugs. Uh, but no. So even when I was a square, like I knew you, you didn't put, you didn't dump this. This was not how ground you ground up pot? weed all over yourself. Like, but Shirley's so I, a good Christian Christian woman that would never know anything about apparently anything. Anyways, I love that's my kind of pot bong. Um, it's such a great line, and it's delivered so well. All right, all right. That is my kind of pot bong. They're all partying, all these cool teens partying. Um, uh, Jeff's, they, they call Jeff, um, God, what, do they, what do they call him? Um, uh, they give him a name in this one that's not Jeff. It's something cool. That they're they're partying, they're doing pot bongs, um, and then all of a sudden everything turns red. There's swarms of locusts and tornadoes and frogs, and Britta's like, "I don't care. I lived in New York," <laughs> which is another thing I say, despite having never lived in New right. York in my life. I I quote <laughs> so many random stupid things from this episode. Um, <laughs> it's true, despite not being like one of the more infamous episodes, but like. All the time. I'm just, I don't care. I lived in New York. And then she goes outside and comes back in covered in blood. And she's like, it's like New York out there. <laughs> That's And she's like, she's not even emoting a slight bit. She well, is no, just she's, level. Ugh, it's like New York out there. She's lived in New York. Like, she does She does come back in and go, ugh. So, like, clearly, she, she doesn't really miss all the the blood tornadoes of new york city sure but, oh i mean um, who, who hasn't visited new york and seen the wonderful blood tornadoes um, but the heavy metal on the radio is interrupted by a news bulletin indicating that quote all the good christians got raptured up to heaven and the world is over so you guys are the coolest people in the world this is npr again npr playing heavy metal is hilarious to me uh-huh. As a person that now, in, in in my early to mid thirties, is listening to NPR, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all about it. So uh, this is when uh, the the Deanville comes in. Uh, oh, it's the that's Dean. good. Uh huh. I mean, you always you always got to be Dean punning. A B D always be Dean punning. A B D P does not stand oh, for what you think it stands for uh dean no. puns always be dean punning nothing oh, no. else no that's not true why? always always be always be dr peppering because dr pepper is <laughs> like the best um those are the two the only two things and if you think of anything else 
you're wrong and going to hell. Like the Deanville. Like the Deanville. So the Dean comes in uh, and goes, hello. And it is the Dean dressed in a very sexy devil outfit. And uh, I'm just going to say, Jim Rash pulls it off. I thought you were about to say, can get it. I mean, I, I'd, yes, probably. <laughs> uh, he comes in to give the schedule and rundown of damnation. But then the first one is stabby stab. Although one is Pilates, the demon that eats your genitals. Because why, why wouldn't it? I mean, you gotta, you gotta make room for Pilates on the schedule. Uh, it's important. Shirley comes down from, he- I'm pretty sure it is Shirley. I might be wrong on this, but it's. Uh, but Shirley definitely plays this character uh-huh. uh, coming down from heaven as an angel, blowing a righteous wind and causing the Deanville to be blown out of the cabin. I'm going to start saying blowing a righteous wind when I fart. <laughs> be like, woo, who blew that righteous wind? That's that's I, <laughs> I, I feel like I need to do that, too. Uh, uh, but uh, Stacy will not be very happy with me when I say it the first time. And she's like, oh, that's a new thing. <laughs> The other thing that you just did, not new. This thing you said, new. Just reminder, if she hates it so much that she divorces you, she's got a podcast date with me. Yeah! Every week until we finish Community. It's like a kill switch I have. Or dead man switch in my hand. That if uh-huh. I ever, if I ever, my thumb ever comes off of it, she has to do a podcast that I, <laughs> that she doesn't want to do. On- only, in- only until the end of this podcast, and then... Uh, if there's no active podcast, she's not beholden to anything. So like those, but, those periods in between podcasts, mm-hmm. she's got a get out of marriage free card. So hey, can we really, not say this super loud though? <laughs> be really extra good <laughs> during those moments. Like, you know how when you're a kid and you're like a jerk all year and then like November 10th ish, you're like, gotta be good. Got to start being good. Like, you know, you can't just be good for that Christmas season. So you got to start a couple of weeks ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And so you're like good up through December. And then you get your gifts. So then you become a little snot head again. Um, mm-hmm. Just like that. But with a marriage. This is this is the way the successful marriage works. I'm it not married. sure is. But you can take my advice because I've never gotten divorced in my life. But you do have a school of love, don't you? Didn't we didn't we create that idea? Uh, yes, Ben's School of Love. Uh, Lesson five. (laughs) Ladies love it when you dress up like Jim Rash in this episode. (laughs) For some reason, I thought you were going to say Lady Love, Cool James. Uh, no, negative. Uh, he... Did not pay to be sponsored by Ben's School of Love. It's true. LL Cool J does not pay enough. LL Cool J, if you want to sponsor my made-up School of Love in a <laughs> podcast, uh, let me know. I promise you, you may not be able to afford my rates. <laughs> but we can talk. Anyways, uh, that righteous wind blows. Um, it sure does. Uh, the, the the whole party is like, thank you. Can we be taken to heaven now? Doing their best end of November kid. Um, and Shirley's like, I cannot. I just came to say goodbye. 
I forgive you. Yeah, this is also when uh, the Britta character is like, Shirley, I mean, you're not definitely not Shirley. You're just an angel. Can you take us to heaven now? So like, <laughs> this is the only other one where it's like, this is very explicitly like that the actual characters, but Shirley tries to pretend it's not, but in her mind. She she is yeah. she is the good Christian woman who got raptured up to heaven and just came by to say I forgive you. Uh and then uh, the Deanville comes in with a chainsaw screaming, "Gay marriage." Another which thing is... I say all the time because I'm pro gay marriage, which means I <laughs> shout it often. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't really <laughs> I don't go around just shouting gay marriage, but you know. Uh the Deanville says gay marriage and <laughs> it, I I like agree. You're, you're, you just you walk around uh, t- the the city of Portland like a, a vendor at a, a baseball game, being like, "You got your gay marriage here? You want some gay marriage?" <laughs> uh huh. And then uh, someone in the stands is like, "Yo, gay marriage over here!" And then I uh, high five them because I'm like, "Yeah, gay marriage you, you rule." Just, you huck you you just throw up a marriage certificate, and then they pass down the <laughs> fifteen bucks or whatever. Uh huh. Yep. Um, Look, I'm, I'm just saying. Yep. Sports in Portland, kind of cool. It's true. Just people, people getting gay marriage certificates all up in the stands. It's pretty much the best city in the world. Um, you go from watching the Trailblazers and and Dame Lillard hitting a cool three point shot to getting married to your your best guy or your best lady, and it's great. Um, you know, it's it all happens right there. This, this is the it's the best city. <laughs> It is the best city. People like to say, you can come to Vegas and get married. Come to a Portland sporting event. I'll 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 get you gay married at the at the Trailblazers game. No problem. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Actually, I should I should sign up for one of those like online churches where I can I can <laughs> marry people and then I'll, for I'll a do move that. there. For a I'll, I'll do there, I'll go to a, actually and I got scared about what you're about to say. I'll go to a, I've never been to a Trailblazers game. I'll go to a Trailblazers game or I'll go to like a, a Timbers game and I'll be like, hey, hey, anyone, anyone want to get, want to get uh, gay married here? And then like, please tell if, me if, you'll just have a sign like the taxi drivers at the airport, just have a sign like, get uh-huh. married. yeah. And then if someone's like, yo, I'm into it, uh, me, me and my boyfriend here, we want to get, we want to get uh, married and i'll be like gay marriage and then i'll sign the certificate and be like congratulations uh, i'm happy i'm happy for the both of you my fee is 15 dollars. uh boy okay cool that was a weird <laughs> that was a weird thing <laughs> you just said you know what just next timbers game you find ben you know what to do he does not take square though he does not he cannot take card at this time I mean, I I did have I did when I was trying to get a photography uh, side gig all set up. I did get a little square reader, uses a headphone jack. Phones don't have those anymore. Therefore, cannot take cards at this time. I never I never used the dang thing because I gave up on trying to do a photography photography side business because doing wedding photography is balls. Which is why you're doing the weddings themselves. I'm get, I'm skipping straight to doing the the weddings myself. I'll let someone else take the pictures. I'm just I, it's just my job to show up and be like bada bing bada boom. You're married. Boom. You can you d- expect you did it. this and much more. Actually, not that much more. This is an extension of Ben's school of love, isn't it? 
I'll 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 uh, use all of my fifteen dollar fees uh, that I collect to buy a saxophone, and then I'll serenade people with saxophones. So they'll get they'll get married, and then I'll start going. And then it, the people in section three hundred two are going to be like, "What the hell is this saxophone? I'm trying to watch Damian Lillard hit righteous three point shots." Hey, shut up. It's a gay marriage. They're getting married. Quiet quiet down. Dame has 45 points in the fourth quarter. I have very different priorities in sports, and it's to show up and get as many people married to each other as I can. Yeah, I will say that not a lot of, not all, not all sports fans are trying to go to his game so that they can marry all sorts of people. But you know what? Uh, It takes all kinds, friend. I know what romance is, and it's a stranger approaching you at a sports ball game going, hey, you want to marry that guy next to you? No? All right, cool. Hey, you, you want to marry that lady next to you? Oh, you do? Cool. All right. Boom. (laughs) Gay marriage. And then I sign the certificate. Mm -hmm. That's romance, Mike. And then I play the saxophone. Boy, howdy. This is, your your marriage is off to a good start. You've got a story to, to tell your friends and family. Uh, live and, through the ages. And you gotta, you gotta hire your own photographer, though. I don't do that. Literally, everyone in eyeshot and earshot has a great story to tell. I went to this Timbers game, and something real weird happened. You more than just normal weird for Timbers games. Or I get punched in the face, and they steal my saxophone. That's probably also going to happen. So, anyways, also, also a story. Shirley finishes her story. Uh, which is that everyone gets chainsawed up and then sewn back together and then chainsawed up again forever. Uh, Troy's like, that wasn't a horror story. That was a sermon. You you ruined a Brita party. Everyone goes off to leave. And then that's when Brita runs up. Uh, I mean, Jeff's there too, but they both run up and they're like, no, okay. They, they come clean. Uh, Brita explains the tests the the you know one of us has uh, murderous tendencies and if we don't let this go who knows what might happen and then we get a montage of everyone in the group being killed by a masked stranger mm-hmm. my favorite one is when the masked stranger <laughs> chokes out Britta, Britta who's uh-huh. reading Warren, Warren Peace, Peace. <laughs> Pierce comma Warren as a person and not war and peace it's the best it's, sight gag in the show, in this episode. It's, it's, it's so it's good. good. War in peace. It's phenomenal. It's so um, it hurts how good that is. Um, especially because it does fit Britta being like, and as I'm reading War and Peace... And it's right. like... She's got, she's got glasses. Uh, she's reading War in Peace. And so obviously she's like... I'm an intellectual, and so I, that's what I'm going to be doing right? Uh, when I get murdered by one of you. And then they're like, wait, what kind of person comes up with all of those sort of murder scenarios? And then they all kind of back up, and then it's like, oh, no, well, Britta took the test, too. What if it's her? And then Jeff... I really in, like that in her imagination, the masked person that killed everybody is revealed to be Britta herself. And it's like it's like this weird thing where we get to actually see into Britta's mind about how she's now terrified that she is this person. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, very and, fun. And then Jeff, uh, fix, he saves the day by telling a story 
Uh, he's like, I've got one more story. Well, before we get to the story, we do have to up the crazy a little bit because Annie's like, we're just getting freaked out because it's Halloween. And then the lights go off and oh, everybody yes. is standing in a circle, except for Jeff, uh, has a weapon and is like about to use it on each other, including Shirley, who smashes a bottle. You could make a version of Clue uh, with Community because they've all got their own weapons. Mm -hmm. Britta's got a knife that she pulled from somewhere right uh uh troy has wolverine claw pencils wo pencil wolverine claws very good uh shirley has like a broken bottle um annie's got uh scissors that she's using mm -hmm. one half of and i believe abed has a chair so yeah so you could so you've got your you've got your suspects you've got your weapons it's gonna be in the study room probably um <laughs> mm -hmm. portions of the it's, study room you don't you don't have to figure out the location because it was definitely the study room i did always kind of wonder in clue why you had to figure out where the body was killed if like if if miss scarlet kills mr body in like the lounge with a gun like you 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 don't you don't know you, you don't know that it's like miss scarlet because no one saw her there might be some evidence that it was like a gun, but you know, depending on, uh, depending on how she does, yeah, you know. But like, there's gonna be blood all over that lounge. Like, mm -hmm. does Mister Body just have like blood in every room? And so you're just like, well, who knows? Who knows? There's blood it. in every single one of these rooms. It, <laughs> any, he could have been killed in any of these. They did call him Bloody Body for for something. After this moment, Jeff <laughs> cools everyone down. Um, mm -hmm. by telling one more story, the gang is hanging out in the cabin and then the man with the hook hand thing comes in and it turns out it's Chang and they're, he's like, they're like, why, why do you murder people? And he's like, because I'm scared. And then they give him a hug and everything is fine now because one single hug can prevent anyone for murdering mm -hmm. anyone is the moral uh, this, of this story it is this this story diffuses the room slightly but then everybody turns against jeff because he's always trying to get them to put down their weapons and, and he's like maybe we should go through your answers one by one and he says i answered randomly yeah so he's been sitting on this knowledge the whole time that his totally random ass answers could have been the murderer and mm -hmm. so um, maybe nobody killed Mr. Body. Maybe Miss Scarlet just fudged the test. Uh, and this, this leads everyone to boo Jeff, which is always great. It's like, oh, boo. Britta then shows Jeff an answer sheet. Is this yours? And Annie sees that the scores are on the bottom of the sheets and realizes that Britta ran them upside down. So she braided it. Yeah. And so they decide, uh, the way to, to do it is to run tests again. So one hour later... They're standing in the study room. Every single test, except for one, points to an insane person. Mm -hmm. uh, in, instead of trying to figure out who the sane person is, they they decide the best way to, to be is to hold on hope that they are the one individually. Um, and they all leave the study room to hopefully go to the dance or just deal with the situation that they had and kind of like decompress. Um, but we, the audience, get to see the results. And Abed is the one that came out sane. I do 
want to call out that Britta says, like, before they walk out, uh, she's like, just goes to show, never make the Britta of Britta-ing each other's feelings. And they're like, ah, you Britta'd Britta. Yeah, way to pull an Abed. <laughs> and then, like, surely don't pull a Pierce or something. It's like, it, it starts getting, like, even more obtuse. Mm-hmm. I just, I like that Britta tries to, like, be cool about using her own name in this hurtful way, but also Britta's it. Um, mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, so yeah, Abed's the only sane one. What what do you think? Uh, what do you think about that? I think he 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 probably knows the right answers to make it look like he's sane, uh, but he does do a lot. Like he he uh, hyperfixates on um, television and movies and stuff to uh, a degree that is probably uh, concerning. Not to you know just. Uh, armchair psychiatrist abed but i i think that he's probably the most um he's probably the surprisingly the least attached to reality and therefore the most attached to reality yeah i think that's a good way of looking at it i mean i do think he i mean he is um he is good enough at observing people that i think he and over the course of the last two seasons, uh, we've seen him really try to bridge the gap between uh, knowing how people on TV act and knowing how people in real life act and like figuring out the little bits of, of human nature that he doesn't quite have figured out. So I do think there is that. Um, I do also think maybe it's kind of a nod to like, yeah, maybe this test kind of sucks like that's also possible yeah um i think that yeah i think there's a couple of different ways to read it but i i agree i think abed is simultaneously the least attached and also the most grounded um right yeah i think he's he's certainly the one that like when, when somebody does like he does the nice thing or he he works with the uh Shirley's kids to help uh his neat her his cousin or whatever to uh-huh. get in the bouncy house. I think he's got the right levels of like what quote unquote morality and things like that that he knows what's right and wrong. He just likes to escape into Inspector Space Time. And again, who among Gust? I mean, I live in reality. It does kind of suck. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go back to uh not living in reality and talk about evil scientist Pierce. Yeah, we go to the tag. Uh, Evil Scientist Pierce still has foot hands. Uh, Troy and Abed, still sewn together, are uh, drinking brandy on the couch. And they're like, hey, should we get back in our F-15 that we repaired with our mind powers? Hey, I was just thinking that. And then they're all like, they're communicating with each other through their minds and and talking about how just great it is being sewn together. Um... They're drinking brandy. They're drinking expensive brandy they didn't pay for. Mm, not post, post-coital. They fixed an F-15 with their own mind powers. Mm-hmm. They they can literally read thoughts. Uh, they're living their best life. Uh, and then they're like, Troy and Abed sewn together. And then that's the end of the episode. It's always a good one uh, when it ends on a, on a Troy and Abed song. And that means it's time for Grades. And you're about to get shot. Mom is high as hell.
Um, I, I think this is one of those kind of weird episodes that, you know, it comes directly after uh, one where we kind of go through this southern right. story kind of thing. Probably better. I mean, definitely better. Um, this one lets you get into the minds of the characters a little bit better. Um, I think that's very interesting. Like you said, it's very good when we're in the stories because the their friends are acting as if like Shirley is speaking through them, which is very fun. Like that kind of thing. I really enjoy that. Um, you know, it's, it's well put together. It's very, it's enjoyable. And you know, I, I don't think it's, it, it, I, I'm, I'm surprised it is in anybody's like, I have to show this to people other than the Beetlejuice joke. Um, but it's not one that I'd be like, you shouldn't watch this one. It's, it's, it's definitely good. It's not, I don't even think it's, I don't think it's it's you know, of the the Halloween episodes we've seen. I don't think it's. I think it's probably the third to me. I liked the oh, first okay. one a lot. Um, not as much as the second one. I think the second one is the 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 clear masterstroke. Um, but I really liked the first season's Halloween one because it was kind of fit in that more grounded tone. Um, sure. But I still think this is a good episode. I I just don't think it's, you know, it, I mean like it's. It's well well crafted. It has a sense of character. I think that's really really good. Um, so yeah, I think I'd probably give it a B plus. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I I really like this episode. I like the idea of everyone kind of telling their own stories. It is also a fun. Uh, it is also a fun riff on the. Uh, that that trope of like using the in-universe characters as stand-ins for people in stories or flashbacks or whatever um, because they they do that in so many shows always sunny did it with like back in the in like 1776 and uh leverage did it in a couple of different episodes um one about db cooper which just did not work very well at all <laughs> i love leverage but come on leverage uh that come episode on, was leverage. weird yeah i mean I, I like that sort of play on that i like the the sort of uh influ like the, the the he had a he has a hook a hand thing a hook hand thing where his hand should be like i like all those little bits uh, it's really funny to me. Like I said, I I randomly quote a bunch of stuff from this episode all the time. I think uh, as an episode, it is it is a very strong episode, despite the fact that like on paper, like on paper the the idea doesn't interest me at, at all. Like if you were like here's an here's an episode where they all tell scary stories and they're bad at it, I'd be like, okay, right. fine. But in in practice, I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, I don't know that it's a top tier episode, but it is definitely very good. Uh, I would probably give it like an A minus. Um, okay. uh, yeah. Um, I don't know that I have that much else to say. I mean, it is an, it is an interesting episode and like not really much happens because it's just people telling basically similar stories over and over again. Um, but yeah, just sure. like, just the, the weird little things like the, you know, Britta's lingo coming in through the radio and, um, you know, that's my kind of pot bong. Like just all those right, little yeah. things. I, I love it too much to give it anything other, uh, lower than that. Um, I, I do like how you say nothing really happens in this in which six of the characters are trying to kill each other in it. Yeah. But like in universe, 
nothing happens in the stories. There's no, a I lot mean, of like when, when when they're in the circle and they have they've pulled knives on each other. Yeah. Okay. If you if you watch if you go to the the newest Avengers movie, Avengers, uh, Avengers, uh, barbecue and uh, <laughs> oh, I'd watch I'd watch an Avengers barbecue movie. And it is it is just you're like oh yeah I I can't wait for the newest Avengers is gonna be so action packed it's gonna be great my buddy Thor is gonna be there my buddy Spider Man's gonna be there my my buddy uh, Iron Man uh will probably be there I mean you know it's all my best friends all my best friends right there doing action cool stuff and then you go and it's a two hour long movie and for an hour and 40 minutes they're hanging out at a barbecue eating barbecue like i would i would be jealous not upset i'm not i'm not going to say that the movie won't have enjoyable moments like it'll have it'll have times when you know thor is talking about how good the barbecue is but it's not as good as as barbecue back home i like now, and what the Hulk, I understand the what Hulk you're saying. Gets, the Hulk gets mad because uh, he, you know, but he doesn't get so mad that he smashes anything because no, no action happens until an hour and 40 minutes in. And then like uh, one fight breaks out that lasts 20 seconds. And then uh, they're like, I'm going to go back to barbecue. I'm going to I'm not going to say the movie's bad. You've, I am uh, going to say it's not different. a lot happens in the movie. Fair. Which is what I'm saying. Not a lot happens okay. in this episode. I also do. Uh, I want to say to our listeners, Ben has not seen many of the MCU, so don't spoil him on anything. Because I'm there's that. Spoil uh, me also, all the I, hell you want. I'm not watching him at this point. Fair enough. Uh, uh, I won't spoil anything for anyone listening. Uh, I will spoil it for you later. Um, but I do love the idea of my dinner with the Avengers. <laughs> uh huh. Which I kind of want to watch now. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Like what? Why do like all all the Avengers movies and all the Marvel movies have to be some kind of action adventure or you know fighty fight fight or spy thriller? Why can't we just have a dinner where Bruce Banner and Thor talk for two hours mm-hmm. as themselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not saying the movie would be bad. I'm just saying that there wouldn't be uh, not a whole lot would happen in it. Where and, is my Marvel Kramer versus Kramer? And so that's so that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this episode is oh, wait, bad. We were in grades. <laughs> I'm I am saying that not a lot happened in this episode. That was my okay, whole fair. point. And you're like, what? And I'm like, it is twelve seconds of them pointing weapons at each other. Okay, there's and not a lot of pointing weapons at each other. Otherwise, they are Agreed. telling stories. Um, okay. That is my whole point. There needs to be more weapons pointed at each other for things to happen. Anyways, A minus. We want to know what you think about this episode. <laughs> we want to know what you think about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Avengers Barbecue. Uh, I can't we want- wait for it to come out. It sounds so good. We want to know how. <laughs> it's not often random stupid bits come out during grades. <laughs> It's not often. Usually, usually that's the point. That's the point where we're like, all right, let's get down to business. Yeah. And usually it's like, I give you enough uh, space and reverence for what you really think about this. And then now we went on a weird Avengers joke thing. What do you think about 
pot bongs. What is your favorite kind of pot bong? Uh, what would you buy at a grocery store to make the cashier awkward and weird? Uh, do you want me to uh, be your officiant at your gay marriage? Can you make that gay marriage at a, a sporting event here in Portland? Uh, we want to know all these things and more. You can so uh, much more. You can tweet at us at Good Greendale. You can go to GoodMorningGreendale.com and find a contact form. Uh, and we will uh, get that message and maybe read it on the air. We're also on Patreon, uh, where we post bonus content. Um, we did miss our live uh, episode last week, uh, last month, just because we were uh, d- coming back from the break, and then we had some technical issues that sort of prevented that. So we're going to mm-hmm. try to get another uh, a live episode going here for August at some point. Um, I think we've got the technical issues lined up, uh, li- ironed out, lined up, ironed out. Iron Man eating huh? ribs. Uh, maybe. Excellent. Apparently, apparently there's apparently there's maybe something that I'm not privy to about I like I like how you you uh Iron Man and not, you know, Thor. I don't I I mean, I know or Thor got if, fat. We don't even know if Spider-Man uh is a man or a spider. Um they haven't anyways. You, you wanna if you wanna if you wanna send us those messages if you want to support us on patreon if you want to uh patreon back to the future uh, patreon.com slash back to futurama um leave us a review on apple podcasts uh the, the first time you tried the patreon link i saw like life leave your body patreon you good. can you can do all of that stuff uh we want to hear from you and thank you as always for yes. listening you 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 decided to hold out for those great Avengers jokes, and we appreciate you for coming to the end of these. You were like, we "Oh look- God, they're good. They're finally they're finally finishing this thing up." Oh my God, pa- Avengers barbecue? What the hell? God, why damn is it. Mike excited about the idea? No, but seriously, thank you for uh, listening to this uh, marathon about horror fiction and you know seven spooky stories. Let um, us know what kind of barbecue you want to see in Avengers barbecue. Ooh, it, what 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 like North Carolina, Missouri? Like where are we going? Uh, Kansas City. Um, but yes, we love you very much. Thank you for coming to the end of these, and we uh, uh, we hope we put a smile on your face uh, so that you can have some happiness in you know the world that we have. And until next time, when I invent. When I give away more free ideas to Marvel, who... Mm-hmm. And I eat some barbecue, maybe, hopefully. Uh, you know, Marvel, uh, get in contact with me. You can contact me. My name's Ben. And I'm Mike. I, I wish, wish you, you luck. luck.